guts, glory, grit. These are the hallmarks of the Olympic Games. It's an event packed with passion, politics, culture, and excellence. The Games are a time-honored tradition, but what if I told you the Games aren't built to last? Thank you for joining us today. I'm Claire, and today I'm joined by my partners Maddie and Lexi. Say hi, everyone. Hi, I'm Maddie. Hey, I'm Lexi. And look out for a few special guests along the way. You're listening to The Waste Podium. The Olympic Games originated in ancient Greece almost 3,000 years ago. The earliest games were held to honor Zeus, the god of the sky and chief Greek deity. The name originates from their early location, Olympia, a sacred location in the south of Greece. In fact, the political and social influences of the games were so strong that some ancient historians measured time by the four-year interval between the games, known as the Olympiad. Now, let's hear from our Olympic expert, Tammy Applebaum, on just how the modern games came to be. In 146 BC, when the Roman Empire conquered Greece, the tradition of the Olympic Games began to decline. As the story goes, about 400 years later, when Christianity really began to overtake polytheism in Greece, Emperor Theodosius called for, quote, a ban on all pagan festivals, end quote, which included the Olympic Games. Applebaum shares that after a hiatus of more than 1,500 years, a young baron in France was inspired by the Olympic tradition as a way to keep his citizens fit and dedicated to sport. In 1892, he helped to form the International Olympic Committee, the governing organization of the Games that still rules today. She also said, The Games were revived and the first modern Olympic Games were held in Athens in 1896. Since then, the Games have continued every four years in various cities around the world, only breaking for World War I and World War II. As we can see from Professor Applebaum, the Olympic Games have a history that precedes most of the environmental crises that we are going to touch on today. Yet, as with all traditions, it is always important to consider the modern purpose they serve and the effects they have. The Games are such a beacon of culture and international unity, and more than anything, they're just really fun to watch. But it seems to me like the headlines that emerge from each modern Olympic Games become worse and worse. I've seen headlines about police brutality and water polluted with trash and bacteria in Rio, illegal construction dumping sites in Sochi, and toxic waste sightings in Atlanta's black neighborhoods. You know, that Atlanta story is one that has really stuck with me. There was a neighborhood in the southwest side of Atlanta, Georgia that is predominantly black, and at the time of the Atlanta Olympic Games in 1996, there were already 23 EPA-classified hazardous waste sites in the community. Then. Olympic organizers filed to site a new toxic waste dump to process and dispose of the Olympic garbage in the area. Take a listen to this short quote from 1996 of Atlanta's Fulton County Commissioner, Emma Darnell. The proposed facility to handle Olympic waste is located nearest to neighborhoods which are predominantly African-American, low-income, or both. These neighborhoods already suffer from the effects of unhealthy and unsustainable development and it has resulted in high incidences of cancer, asthma, and other environmentally linked diseases. This story is gut-wrenching, and sadly, it's not nearly the only one in Olympic history. Another story comes to us from the 2016 Summer Olympic Games in Rio de Janeiro. Mm -hmm. In 2009, when Rio was named as the host city for the Games, residents poured out of their homes to dance in the streets. 
President Luis Inacio de Silva proclaimed to his people, quote, I think this day is a day to celebrate because Brazil has left behind the level of second-class countries and entered the rank of first-class countries, end quote. This would be the first games hosted in South America and a big step forward for the country of Brazil. It provided a unique opportunity for urban renewal and social change. Yet, seven years later, weeks before the 2016 games were slated to begin, many lined the streets to join protests against state violence, destruction, political corruption, and economic eruption. Listen now to an excerpt of Johnny Harris, a journalist with Vox, who will lay out just how plans for Rio development went south. These places have been around for decades, and many of them have gained legal status for their property. But to the luxury-minded developers of this new part of town, these informal settlements represent a barrier to their plan. So when the Olympic Park was planned for this area of Rio, it wasn't much of a surprise when the city came in with eminent domain eviction orders, telling these communities that they would be moved to public housing complexes, usually far out of sight of any international visitors. Most communities left, some happily taking the money that the city gave them. Some mounted intense but failed resistance. The government had the right idea in mind with hopes to improve the lives of Rio's poor people, yet it was not executed and the environmental effects were massive. I think this begs the new question, who exactly are the Olympics made for? Those who descend on host cities experience the games we all know and love, full of action, positivity, and fierce competition. Yet the locals have a very different experience. They experience the Olympic environment before, during, and after the world-class athletics are over. Now, we are joined by a local citizen of Rio de Janeiro who has requested anonymity. For clarity, she will be called Maria. Thank you so much, Maria, for joining us today and taking the time to share a little bit about your experience in Brazil surrounding the 2016 Summer Olympics. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Do you mind starting this conversation off by telling our listeners what your role was in the Olympics resistance movement? I became one of the leaders of the movement so that I could stand at the front and defend my beloved city from becoming a stomping ground for such an industrialized activity and rebuke the official offers of buying out the Vela homeowners. The Olympics hoped to destroy our homes for new event construction, to essentially move our people out of sight. It's amazing that you took a stand and were part of such a great movement. Did you all succeed in your goal of making change? Well, our impact sure came at a price. The movement worked its hardest, but the officers from the municipal guard worked harder. They sprayed us with tear gas and shot at us with rubber bullets. It was an awful sight. The government was turning against our people in preparation for the games. They've had corruption in past years, and their mindful destruction of our favela only proves that the government puts the Olympics over the local people. Thank you for sharing. I recall that after your group's protest, many other anti-Olympic activists began standing up against the games. Do you mind explaining what exactly the groups and activists were fighting for? Sure. Well, I mean, I think everyone understands just how fun the Olympic Games are to watch and how intense they can be to participate in. But what most people don't understand is what goes on behind the scenes. People watching the Olympics on their TVs in their homes don't see the government's overspending and debt, the citizen displacement and the police militarization, not to mention the mere environmental destruction and violence in the advance of the event. Most people don't understand when they're watching the games at home. This is an event that moves location and creates temporary infrastructure every two years. Thank you for bringing this to our attention. Do you mind elaborating on the environmental destruction and violence? Well, I can give you an example. 
Before the stadiums were completely built, transportation also needed to be accounted for, which meant highways and subway systems needed to be made. These transportation routes not only destroyed the earth and our land, but also brought about more crime, which just shows how the two go hand in hand, at least in this situation. The government built a subway system that ran from Copacabana, the rich coastal area, to the Olympic site. This subway ran right through the local favelas, completely destroying our homes. Wow, I didn't even think about that. Thank you for sharing that. I am so sorry for the effects that the games have had on you and your family and the local environment. Is there anything else that you would like our listeners to know about the Rio Olympics? Well, the city was in shambles, and all they cared about was hiding the problems in time for the games. I had friends who were teachers who hadn't been paid in months. There was a shooting in my neighborhood every morning, and the hospitals turned sick locals away in order to save the resources for incoming tourists. And now Maria told us about how it made her sick that event organizers tried to hide the reality of local people. She informed us that they constructed brightly colored walls to line the highway from the airport to the South Shore, the main area of the Games. Despite the original goals to use the Olympics to pull residents of Rio de Janeiro out of poverty, when it was time for the Games, the event organizers just ended up trying to hide the local people behind colorful walls. That was a really impactful conversation with Maria, and I'm deeply grateful that she was able to join us for that. Now, I'm joined by Maddie and Lexi as we continue our episode of The Waste Podium with a segment of more conversational-style discussion. Hey, it's Claire, and I'm back with Maddie and Lexi. At the time of this recording, there are 60 days until the next Olympic Games. This will be the 29th Summer Olympics. With this in mind, we'd like to have a conversation discussing past, present, and future Olympic Games. Recently, I saw headlines about how Tokyo locals are protesting the Tokyo Olympic Games because of the coronavirus. And as we all know, they were supposed to be the Tokyo 2020 Games, and they were postponed to now Tokyo 2021 because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, but a lot of the locals in Tokyo are protesting this idea that uh, hundreds of thousands of people are going to descend on Tokyo. And although there's been a year that has made tremendous progress in terms of having a vaccine and knowing way more about strategies, how to combat the virus, but the truth is we're still in this global pandemic. Yeah, it seems a little, like, insensitive to have such, like, a large international event when people are still, like, suffering and dying of the coronavirus, and it still is a very serious issue, although there are vaccines and progress has definitely been made. It seems to disregard what's going on in the world and act as if this major event didn't happen when, in fact, it did. You said like there's a lot of protests going on about um, the Olympics. So yeah. I'm wondering, is it because of what Maddie's saying about like COVID specifically, like people bringing in um, the virus and also just the insensitivity of it? Yeah. What I've read is that a lot of it is, is sort of this feeling, which we've also seen in looking at the Rio 2016 Olympics, this idea that the Olympics change location every two to four years. Mm-hmm. And because of that, that requires a local community to be ready to have this massive influx of visitors, tourists, athletes, infrastructure. And one of the things that I think has been the main focus of the protests in Tokyo is that 
no matter how much infrastructure or preparation you have, it doesn't change the fact that the virus is out there, that they, they don't feel like Tokyo's in a place to be ready to hold the Olympic Games. A lot of people have thought like, oh, the games have been delayed a year, so now we're like, the pandemic's over, we're ready. And, and when you think of that from like a local perspective of people about to descend on your city, I can see why that would be like really scary. There's a statistic that came out recently that 80% of Japanese people believe that the Olympic Games in 2021 should be postponed or even canceled. The environment that's going to host the games has to be particularly attentive to those who are going to be there, as we said before, before, during, and after the, the games are held in the city. Beyond coronavirus, like just going back in time, like we've seen Atlanta, Sochi, any Olympic Games that you can think of just like brings so much like stress and like issues and destruction into the cities where the Olympics are taking place, Mm -hmm. which like leads us into the question of like, are the Olympic Games sustainable in that? Like, can the Olympics be sustained for like the rest of time? Because I think we've seen so much like destruction and damage to these communities yeah yeah I think that's a really interesting question and one thing I've been thinking about a lot is um one of the pillars of the Olympic Games in addition to sport and culture is sustainability so in that sense we've thought a lot about is the Olympic Games sustainable in their design in terms of like um are they doing things to better the environment are they handling the event um as green as possible but then also when you peel back that curtain and think about are we losing ourselves in this shiny gold medal rhetoric of the olympic games and how much how much of that is holding true and then to answer your question maddie the olympic games is something that can make your city an international city or like can elevate the profile of your city but it doesn't necessarily take into account those average people or even the poorest people in the city who are most affected by the tourists and construction that have to take place in order to support this massive event. Exactly. And even if it did like elevate the status or or the reputation of the area, like those that were the most affected, they're not going to be benefiting from that status because it's not going to be affecting them in any ways except for the negative effects of the actual um construction and damage of it all yeah and I think that's what makes this like such a unique environmental justice issue it's not just the destruction of the environment that it takes to create this olympic environment so sort of the transformation in that sense that has positives and negatives but also the social impacts that it has on people when you change the environment that they're living in in order to get ready for this mega event You know, I actually think it's kind of ironic if we take a look at the Rio 2016 logo, it shows three people holding hands, which tries to portray that like the games are bringing people together when in reality, if we look at it, it, the community is actually being broken apart. Going off of that, the logo for Sochi 2014, now that I think about it, is um, a ring of leaves. And a lot of people praised it as kind of going along with this theme of sustainability um, and this circular sort of sustainable outlook on how the games should be run. 
but then there were almost 1,500 illegal waste dumps from construction materials and 2,000 families displaced from their homes in construction for the Sochi Winter Games. Yeah, there's just such a divide between the logo, which is supposed to be what the games stand for, and in practice what actually happened with the communities and the environment. Yeah, you know, I think that goes along with what we've been talking about before, about this idea of peeling back the curtain, in that the Olympic Games, people often talk about it as an opportunity to showcase the local environment and host tourists to see more than just the games and experience the city. But I think that fails to recognize the ways in which the local environment has also been destroyed in preparation for the games and local people have been displaced. Moving forward, how do you guys think that the Olympics can be changed or evolve in a way to involve the community more or become more environmentally conscious? Well, you know, one thing is I think that the Olympic organizers need to take into account much more the opinions of local residents and not just local residents who have money. And that like kind of piggybacks off of what we were talking about with the logo of just like staying true to what they're trying to portray of these games providing unity for the people and the area that the games are held in. Yeah. Yeah, like using the Olympics as a connector for these impoverished communities. But the reality is we're constructing all of these new buildings and houses that are going to be in use for such a short period of time. And I just don't know if that's going to continue to be possible moving forward. So are you suggesting that, are you suggesting to keep the Olympics yet make it more infrequent so that this damage doesn't befall community after community every two years? Well, one thing I've read is the idea about creating a group of Olympic host cities. So there's a set list, say maybe six or so, of the world's most popular cities that most likely have hosted a games in the past and have infrastructure left over from that and could create more at a lower cost where the games just rotate between that group. But I'm also torn because... I am still very loyal to the idea that the Games provides this opportunity for cities to create an international reputation and showcase national pride when done well. The only pushback on that is this idea of tradition like you brought up. The Olympics can be a great opportunity to showcase each country's culture. Yeah, Claire, I think you had a really good point um, about the sustainability about how we can make these games more sustainable while also attempting to maintain the tradition and the competition of the games itself. I think that's a really great place to end on, actually. Thank you so much for listening. We look forward to checking in after the Tokyo 2021 Games, and thank you so much for joining us.